zero credits. Crushing news out of Hollywood today. Beloved comedian Leslie Jones has announced that she will not be returning to Saturday Night Live this season. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. Woo-hoo! I'm Owl John. And together we're Henry and Owl John coming at you to, to bring you the most recent Leslie no- Jones news on the hour every hour. Yes, which means we have to wait one hour before we give you another piece of Leslie Jones news. Uh, and we would be forbidden from doing so until that point. Well, that's a, that's a shame. Because I wanted to talk about it. Oh, we well, can talk about that piece of news, obviously. Oh, okay. But, but any a new, new piece yeah. of news can't. Any new Leslie Jones news oh. has to wait for the hour. You know when you do a workout and every, something's an e-mom? Oh, an e-mom? What? An electronic mom? No, every minute on the minute? No, I have no idea what working out is. It's basically like, let's say you've got a set of five wall balls... You do, that's a very small number of wall balls, but let's say you're looking at the clock and it ticks over and it's like minute 56 or whatever. You do your five wall balls, let's say that takes you 20 seconds, and you have 40 seconds to rest, and the second it ticks over to the new minute, you're back on the wall balls. So every hour on the hour, we gotta do another rep of a Leslie... Why am I having a mental block it's with her name? you wanna say Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I want to combine Leslie Jones news somehow, but that's just Leslie news. <laughs> Leslie news. Uh, my name's Leslie news. So every oh my god, did you hear that? <laughs> what happened? That was a verbal hesitant like moment where the word literally wouldn't come out. Literally, I want to you... say the sentence. Yes, please. So every hour on the hour, we have to come up with a new Leslie News story. But I just can't say that <laughs> sentence. It's uh, it's a shame you never said it, and you only used it in quotations, so you didn't actually say it. Yeah. Which is a strategy that I use to say things that are open quotation, <laughs> close quotation. Oh, gross. <laughs> All right. John, how are you doing? I, it's been a while since I've checked in with you, John. On the podcast. Well, I think the last time we checked in was on your birthday. Ooh, opening up a cold one for a birthday boy. I also have a cold one. This is an interesting one because not only are we drinking different drinks, but one is in a bottle and one is in a can, and one is a beer and one is not a beer. Yeah, my birthday is always brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery Vanilla Porter, my one of my favorite favorite beers. Uh, it's a fine Colorado ale. 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 <laughs> what is happening, to John? Me? I'm going through a line. This, this is like the batteries in the Henry Furby are running out. I don't know what's going on. I'm drinking, of course, uh, sweet, refreshing, artificial Coke Zero, the official beverage of every hipster in New York. I feel like they'd like Diet Coke, though. They might. We did a taste test of Coke Zero, and I fell in love with it. We and, did. Uh, Coke Zero Sugar. A good formulation. Yeah, I've, I've been buying it ever since, and who knows what that's been doing to my health. You know, here's a bit of a Coke fact. Kane? Huh? Michael Kane? No, David Coke has passed. Uh, and 
Rest in hell. Uh, but here's a Coca-Cola fact. You know Diet Coke, why it tastes so bad? Oh, is it because it's devoid of flavor? It's actually the new Coke formulation. So you know when Stranger Things Season 3 came out and they put like a limited edition run of new Coke out for people to try? New Coke, by the way, uh, for our listeners who aren't ancient. Uh, reformulation of Coca-Cola that did not sell well because it tasted very bad. Uh, Diet Coke is based on new Coke. Oh. So if you wanted to taste new Coke all this time, you didn't have to wait till you could, like, sop up this new limited edition Coke, you consumer piggies. You could have just had a Diet Coke this whole time. Interesting. I did not know that. I always under... I, I like the conspiracy theory that they wanted to change the classic Coke formula off sugar into high fruit... High, high corn... High corn. High, high corn fructose syrup. Uh-huh. What is it called? High fruit... High... Jesus Christ, high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. HFCS. And uh, so they did this new Coke thing, which was bad on purpose, to get people to like not like Coke. And then when and they then, hit them. And then when they brought back Coke Classic with the new high fructose corn syrup formula, people are like, yeah, that's what I like. Mm. I can't remember how it used to taste. That's such a good strategy. That's why, like, uh, in relationships, what I do is I'm, like, I'm a passable boyfriend, but then I turn into a really bad boyfriend for, like, two weeks. I never talk to them. I'm never home. I empty all the food out of the refrigerator and put it outside. So when I return to being passable, I seem great. That's the John we all love and know. That's, uh, yeah, some people love me. Mm. And they gotta keep it that way. <laughs> Unless uh, they want the cold John shoulder once again. Unless they want a ham on the porch. There's a lot to talk about this week, John. And by a lot, I mean there's just so many things happening in every type of facet of the zeitgeist. I mean, fast food has news. Snack foods have news. Music news keeps happening. Everything but movies is happening right now. Yes, everything... I feel like movies had a moment, and now... Also, can we talk about the fact that we had, like, an insane couple weeks for TV for a little while? Television, Holy crap. Yeah, television was having a good time. But movies... Uh, Hobbs and Shaw was the, uh... The last movie we're seeing this year. It was... In, That's not true. It was in two ways the ultimate film. Number one, peerless in its execution and the most perfect film. But also, it is the final film. Well, I mean, this December, I believe, The Rise of Skywalker is coming out. So that's yes. a film worth seeing. And the, uh, some sort of trailer, teaser. Oh, D23 happened this past yes, weekend. Yes, D23 happened. And for those who are like me that had no idea that this was an annual yearly thing, D23 is apparently a Disney convention where they tease all of their big announcements, which is weird to me. Because now they're half Star Wars, half Marvel, the rest Disney. So it seems like all their big announcements were just... Came out at Comic-Con. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's like a weird sequel to Comic-Con. I also learned from talking to my girlfriend and from overhearing you speak to your lady wife... Uh, D23 is one of those things that either you absolutely don't know it exists... Or you've known it's existed for a while. It's like secret knowledge. Yeah, it's like one of those things that people know and then suddenly everyone knows. And it's like, when was this a thing? Yeah, when did this start? So, obviously the biggest news coming out of D23. 
There's a Moana attraction coming to Disney World. Oh, is that the big news? It replaces the Inventatorium or whatever at Epcot. The Imagitorium? Maybe. With with the... Uh, There's like cranks the, and shit that you the turn. The dragon? Uh, Wink or whatever his name is. Twink? Twink the dragon? The Twink Dragon? Figment. Disney's... Disney's... Figment of your imagination. Character. Twink of the imagination. His name is Figment of your imagination. He's a a, a little imaginative dragon. I I thought he was on a ride called, like, the Imaginatorium or something like that. I don't think he's on any rides anymore, Twink. I think Twink is just, uh... I think he's just a character. I don't want to talk to you anymore. (laughs) Uh, but anyway... Uh, so Moana's getting a ride. That's Moana. great. It's that's not. So I think good. it's an attraction, that's not so a ride. Uh, what's the? What's an? A, stop it. <laughs> what is an attraction? Uh, I think a ride is something you get strapped into. An attraction is a lot like uh, you've been to Pandora, Disney World, Pandora. Oh no, we haven't. Uh, so we went to Pandora. There's not a ton of rides. Uh, but it's a lot of, like, relatively interactive pretty shit. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. But Pandora? Give me a ride. Pandora had the best food. I'm only in it for the rides. Pandora had the best food. They had drumming. Uh, here's an insane thing to me. I've seen the movie Avatar maybe once. I do not recall if I saw it all the way through because I sure as hell did not see it in theaters. Uh... And I don't know anything about this movie, so the fact that it's, like, shared as part of our cultural consciousness is insane to me. Like, when they were drumming in whatever in the Pandora Land, they were like, Oh, do you hear that? The shrieks of the bring the... I'll use a call of Cthulhu word. The shrieks of the Bayaki, or whatever. I don't know what that shit is. I feel like I was dropped into a theme park for a made-up thing. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Because although it was the highest grossing movie uh, for a while there, for a really long stretch there, you say it entered the, our cultural consciousness, but did it? I Can did. you name a character from James Cap- Cameron's Avatar that isn't one of the two protagonists? I absolutely can. Sully Sullenberger. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Jack- Jake Sully. Oh, God bless him for landing that plane in the Hudson. <laughs> I think that was Captain Sully from Tom Hanks. Different guy? I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you, you asked that so incredulously. You're just like, huh. Thought I could have sworn they were the same. Look, a lot of stuff was happening from 2005 to 2010. I can't keep it all straight. But all I know is Moana's getting an attraction, maybe a ride. I don't know. There's going to be... In further Disney theme park news, of course, Marvel's going to get its own little addition land. And uh, apparently, this is going to hurt. Spider-Man is a huge central figure of Marvel's, uh, of the Marvel land and Disney's theme parks. Which is, like, really interesting because they no longer have rights to the character. I feel like they maybe should have figured that out beforehand. Uh, why I, not Black Panther? Make it Black Panther Land. Yeah, I, I feel like they shouldn't have announced this in the wake of the news that Spider-Man is out of the MCU <laughs> almost indefinitely. And they gave a preview of the the ride, and Spider-Man swings up to the car, takes his mask off, that's Tom Holland, and said, I'm Spider-Man, and I'm happy to be a Marvel Disney property, and I will be forever. Goodbye! <laughs> 
and, and then, then he vanishes. He goes off and he punches Paul Giamatti, not the rhino, just, just Paul, Paul yeah. Giamatti in the face. Just Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is cashing those paychecks. I mean, it turns out he's the big villain of the MCU. Hey. Not the rhino, I want to clarify. Actual actor Paul Giamatti. I don't care what anyone says, sex work is work. I laugh silently into <laughs> the drink I had in my mouth. All right. Uh, also in, in D23 news, uh, a little thing that I guess this is actually pretty good to talk about, and I just came across it in my brain just now. Uh, they announced that the release model for the shows on the Disney Plus streaming service are not going to be what we have become used to. It's not going to be drop a whole season at once. They're going to do the weekly release. And I think we talked about this before, actually. I Maybe think we talked person. about it during your... in the. Out of universe of the podcast. We talked about it during my birthday celebration. Yes, we did. Uh, and I honestly feel like, so I've been, uh, and we can leave our feelings at the door for this one. I feel, I feel like our feelings can come in handy here. But I've been watching a lot of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, oh, what is happening to this episode? <laughs> I've been watching a lot. Let's let's do a clean take on that one. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay, okay. I want you to... So I've been watching a lot of Lost. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, and we've been watching a lot of Lost, introducing Allison to it. I know you have complicated feelings about Lost. I feel like the first episode's really good. Since uh, since now my girlfriend listens to these episodes. Oh, does she? Hi, Allison. I don't know if they, we want to give any Lost spoilers, so we should Absolutely shan't. not. Uh, but I've been watching a lot of it lately, and there's a very strong desire to binge watch Lost because it's all just there on Hulu. And I remember, so I was watching Lost from episode one. Well, I torrented the first eight episodes. Nice. I started like two weeks late. There was a really huge thread on something awful about it. So I was like, oh, I'll get into this Lost show. So I torrented a bunch of episodes and got into it and I watched it week after week after week for its entire run. Yeah. Like I watched all of Lost. Yeah. As it aired. Nice. So, since I was watching it as it aired, going back to Lost now, I'm starting to, like, really seriously pine for a time when you had to wait a week before you could watch a new episode of something. Because the gift that Lost gave you, and I feel like a lot of Lost's magic is totally uh, lost if you binge watch it, because the, the thing that made Lost interesting was... Number one, how it had, like, great characterization. Like, the characters in Lost, I feel, are inarguably great. They're, they're the absolutely the driving force of the... Sh- they should have been interpreted as the driving force of the show. Absolutely. But then we had all the, the, the mystery in your face that maybe drove it for other people. Yes. And the, the week-to-week, like, being able to, like, digest these people's journeys, even separate from the, the overall... the overarching mystery... The whole Dharma initiative thing. If you, like, took it piece by piece and you're like, you waited a week and then you got the episode and you're like, oh shit, this is a Charlie episode. I remember some real serious shit that Charlie was about to get into like six episodes ago. So we're going to get Charlie flashbacks and, like, an addition to Charlie's story. You got a huge rush out of that stuff. And it was the same thing with Breaking Bad. Like, I watched Breaking Bad week after week as it came out and, like... Having time to digest really, like, thick television shows, like, really dense ones. Yeah, really dummy thick. Yeah, really dummy. They really make it clap. Uh, Breaking Bad, 
I I don't I don't care what anyone says. They're sexy with it. Uh but having like a week to digest it really changed things and I feel like a really good example of how television is made for a bingeable format is uh, Daredevil or Punisher or Jessica Jones. Well, there's not a lot of intrigue going on. I mean, like... Yeah. It's just the story. Yeah, it's meant to be digested pretty much in one go. Or it can be. It doesn't suffer from waiting or from um, for binging. Yeah. I'm going to give you a counterpoint, my friend, because I got into Lost... At the beginning of the final season. And really? so, I had a lot of catching up to do. 2010 was a weird year to get into Lost. It was my freshman year of college. I stayed in my dorm room a lot. And I, sometimes when uh you would watch an episode of Lost on Hulu, would ask you, do you want to watch this five-minute ad for n- no ads for the rest of the day? Yeah. And I would click yes, and my entire day was watching episodes of Lost. Yeah. And so I, I didn't do the week-to-week thing until the final season, and uh, I didn't feel like I missed out on much. It's it's, it's hard th- to say that in hindsight, yeah. because... It's it's something that's so hard to quantify, because it's, it's really, as much as I hate this argument, it's such a you-had-to-be-doing-it-already kind of thing. And you were also engaging, like, with forum posts and stuff. You you were... Oh, I was a lost theory crafter. Yeah, you were... You put yourself in this community. Not put yourself, but you took part in this community where it feels like it's a moment. It feels like some, like people are figuring stuff out and, and positing theories. I did the same thing and, and still do to some degree, but I, I do the same thing with... uh early to middle seasons of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And that was week to week. And, like, a new detail would be dropped. And then, you know, you would dissect it in many different ways. What does that say about this theory, this theory? Who do we think these people are? What's going on? And I can I can definitely relate to that in the week-to-week format. Let those, those theories live and breathe and become part of the experience. But at the same time... I don't know if I could have handled that with Lost. That's a lot. You're asking a lot of people. Uh, one thing that, that going back through Lost, and this is the last thing we'll say about Lost, uh, it is a phenomenally dark and stressful show. Yeah. In a way that I did not recall. Like Lost, the majority of its episodes are not a good time to watch. And I almost feel like binging Lost is like overly stressful. Because at least with Breaking Bad, you had like fun but tense episodes. Yeah. Uh, or or episodes that like played in an interest in an interesting way, but Lost is like fucking real dark. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why the only soundtrack in Lost is just that violin getting more and more tense. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. No, there's a lot going on there, but I I'm definitely willing to give a week to week streaming service a shot, especially the streaming service that I feel like. And I'm going to regret this because it is a monopoly that I want to be broken up. I actually did go through and read the programming that they're going to have on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Some of it sounds interesting. Well, here's the thing about the point you said earlier. And, and this might... We can't judge what is going to be in the platform yet because it's not out. Yeah. But something like Daredevil or Jessica Jones was made for the binge sort of culture. And something like... Captain America and Winter Soldier, the, the the series coming to Disney Plus, that's not too different from that type of content. It's still superhero content. It, maybe it's going to be written a different way, 
to, to suit the week to week, but it, it feels like we're used to getting all that superhero stuff at the same time and going through it. Yeah, exactly. It's in a, it's, it's like a story structure that we want all at once in a form factor we're not used to. And I worry, and I don't know if this will be the case, but I feel like the stakes for television are so much different now. Because I feel like we don't get shows that are dummy thick. Well, it really depends. It, I, there, there are a lot of shows out there that are on the surface level. They're just there to please you, put everything on the surface. There's no real, like, reading into it. It's all about the on-surface experience. You're experiencing what the characters are experiencing, and there's no greater mystery to be had. Yes, and binging suits that because it's just like, well, let's let me tell, let me know what's what, what is the next thing. Just yeah, it's let like, me know what's what's Daredevil doing now. Which I guess there's there's a point to be made that hundreds of shows like that have existed in the week to week format. For every yeah. Lost or Breaking Bad or whatever, you there's have NCI- more, NCIS, NCIS twenty four. Like you have shows that are just surface level story with really no deeper analysis. I mean, twenty four really doesn't make sense for the week to week because isn't it like every season is one day i have an insane relationship with 24 so uh i still have an appreciation for uh Kiefer sutherland and 24 uh the way that i watched i've watched five seasons of 24 so you've seen five days the way that i watched those five seasons of 24 uh is i bought the 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 box the, set? the dvd box sets off of ebay for very cheap years and years and years ago uh, and I I did this really dumb thing where I worked a job where I worked three or four days a week and it paid really well and I lived with my parents so I had like a surplus of time and money that was spent on like video games for the most part. Of course. Uh, but I bought these box sets and I would start it first thing in the morning and I would watch it straight through without sleeping for a full 24 hours. I feel like that's like a hyper... Film society, hyper real film society thing. It was a very strange experience because if you watch, if you watch 24 in that way, you have to go through a full 24 hours in which you should have slept. You're probably not eating exceptionally well. So every season of 24 feels like this strange, sweaty, dreamlike rush because you're awake for exactly as long as Jack Bauer is awake. And it feels insane. If you have... I would not necessarily recommend that anyone watch 24 in any way other than this. Right? It is the best way to watch 24 because it is thoroughly unpleasant, strange. There's like... And if you can, I did this with two or three seasons, try to start yours on the hour that the season starts. Yeah. Oh, it's it's magical. Because, like, it's the first or the second season when Jack Bauer's daughter is, like, caught in a bear trap at night. And it was, like, 2 a.m. And I wanted to sleep so bad. I was just watching hour after hour of this lady caught in a bear trap. It was surreal. So... A, a binge culture type thing might see. I, yeah. So I think what it really comes down to is, is the the shows. Like, and of course, this is the smartest model that Disney Plus can do right now. To be honest, because it'll keep people going back to their site. It'll keep traffic going up, and it keeps people talking for longer. People love fucking talking about Game Game of Thrones or on the water cooler each week. Yeah, the water cooler talk drives your entire platform. 
HBO figured it out. Netflix is the the counterpoint or, or the breaking the rule kind of thing. But Hulu still does it. Yeah. I think whatever the hell DC Universe does it. Sure. Whatever the hell. Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, Swamp Thing, but it got canceled. It got canceled after an episode, I think. Yeah. What a shame. Swamp Thing's great. If people like Doom Patrol, I don't know what that is. I heard Doom Patrol is... So the two things that people consistently tell me are good is Legends of Tomorrow and Doom Patrol. I think Legends of Tomorrow is on the CW. Yes. So that's not on their, yeah, you're right. their little platform. You're right. Look, so I don't know. I, I think this is going to be an interesting thing because our... Dumb media consumption society has gone from week to week for 50 years to the Netflix shake them up, dumping it all at once, and now a big player is going to go back to the week to week. And I I feel like we're just going to see, tune into the zeitgeist and, and see what happens. Does this mean we have to get a Disney Plus subscription for this podcast? I'm not going to say that's required because there's a lot of things that you can experience without experiencing them. Thanks to the zeitgeist. We'll get to an example later. But just so you know, my Disney loving wife will absolutely want Disney Plus. Plus, they announced a sequel series to Lizzie McGuire. What? Starring... Hillary Duff as a 30-year-old Lizzie McGuire. This is amazing. And uh, I have never been more excited in my life for a piece of... Co- for someone taking a piece of my childhood and rebooting it or, or sequelizing it. Look, Lizzie McGuire was a good show. This is... Uh, I'm absolutely getting a Disney Plus subscription, okay. by the way. Uh, but the thing about the Marvel properties on Disney Plus that I think is really interesting is I think that they are going to benefit from something that we've talked about on this podcast a lot, which is, uh, having a coherent vision. Yeah. Speaking of having a coherent vision, have you read about WandaVision? I have seen the poster for WandaVision and it looks like a 1950s family sitcom it is a three it is either a single cam or a three cam sitcom in the style of the dick van dyke show starring scarlet witch and vision no one has any idea why it exists that's amazing but also Uh, why but people are also theorizing that as far as shows on disney plus go this one might have the most meaningful direct carryover to the future of Marvel movies. And that, that's great. I Because it's it's bizarre, and we know about those characters. Yeah. And there are certain people who are making uh, not totally uneducated guess that the existence of WandaVision will play into uh, Doctor Strange on the Mountains of Madness or whatever. The Multiverse, multiverse of Madness. Uh, which is going to introduce to the MCU the afterlife. Interesting. Uh, which would be fascinating. I see from Because a... if WandaVision is a show about hell, I'm so on board. <laughs> if... Here, uh, it's hard to articulate what I want to say. From a storytelling perspective, this Disney Plus thing is a very interesting beast. Because they could just do the easy, safe bets. They could just be like, we're going to take all the movie stars we have, put them into television shows, and promote it for our new streaming service. And they could be the most generic sort of hero stories you could think of. But what, from what I've heard so far, is they're, they're letting the creative still be creative, which is like the hugest point you can make from an executive standpoint. 
Apparently, a Captain America or Falcon and Winter Soldier is about how the government doesn't want Sam to be Captain America. Oh boy! A WandaVision is apparently about this weird uh, suburban sitcom. Yes, which might be taking place in hell. Loki is apparently about jumping through time and messing with history. Like that sounds fun. It seems like they're not doing the easy thing. It seems like they're doing things that make sense for the universe that they've created. And unlike Daredevil, which was tangentially related to the movies, these are going to be shared space. It's the same thing. It's the same universe, given the same importance. I don't know how Kevin Feige has the fucking time to do all this shit, but I can appreciate it from a storytelling perspective, and I think if you can pull it off, absolutely Marvel needs to buy themselves out from Disney and continue doing their own shit. Absolutely. The the sleeping giant grows, and as as WandaVision proves, and our theory crafting for the Fast and Furious cinematic universe will go, all roads lead to hell. All roads. Justice for Han, justice for Vision. Yes. All roads. We gotta get them back. We gotta get them back from hell. We have to go back. We have to go back. We have to go back. Oh, I don't want to. Okay, I don't yeah, know where you are. We, okay, we can't. But. Um, yeah, Breaking Bad. You know when when he says Jesse. Yes, we have to go back. We have to go back. We gotta get that fly. <laughs> yes, that one fly. What a good episode. That's one of my favorite episodes, and yeah. it was it was promoted completely because of budget cuts. You know who directed that? I do know who directed that. It does not come to mind right now. Justin Lin. Nope. Famed horror director. Oh. I'll look it up. I'm looking up so I can show you something. No, it, it's a very famous director. Uh, it's not Vince Gillian. He created the whole series, you piece of shit. Why did you think of that, you moron? It's very. It's someone very famous. It is. Jesse Pinkman. I want to show you. What are you going to show me? That's who it was. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson directed that episode. Director of one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. And that's why a lot of people who like Breaking Bad hate that episode. Because Ryan Johnson is a hack. Yes, a lot of people who love Breaking Bad, they're, they're like, I wish the fly wasn't black or female. Why is the fly so good at lightsabers? <laughs> it's not uh, like you have multiple training montages. Anyway, look. Here's the thing, John. Disney Plus... People who love Star Wars hate women. Well, that uh, Mandalorian. Yes. How are you going to have a whole television series of a character that doesn't speak? I don't know, dude. A bunch of people are... It's going to be like... It's going to be like playing Legend of Zelda. A bunch of people are going to say what he's (laughs) saying out loud. Like, with a question mark behind it. That would be great. Your name's Boba Fett? (laughs) It's not about Boba Fett. It It can't be about Boba Fett. Uh. There are multiple Mandalorians. It's his armor. Okay, what about Jango Fett? Similar More armor. More blue armor, not green armor. Okay. I'm going to be one of those assholes about okay. this. I just know Wasn't that... Wasn't Jango Fett decapitated? Yeah, it doesn't have to be with Jango Fett nor Boba Fett. It's just Mandalorian-style armor. Mango Brett. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, it's just Mandalorian armor. Uh, so, Disney Plus comes out November whatever, 12th, who cares, we're gonna get it, we're gonna not watch that horrible Lady in the Tramp remake that looks god-awful. Ugh. Imagine, imagine photorealistic dog spaghetti kiss. Imagine looking at the animated Lady in the Tramp and then picking a dog that looks nothing like the Tramp to be the dog? They needed to sex up the Tramp. I guess. They need to sex up the tramp. 
Look, we're, uh. we're just... It's just a downhill slide from Disney making all of its famous, largely animal-based things into photorealistic CG recreations, culminating, eventually, in them finally taking back ownership of Song of the South and oh, making, it, no. making it hyper-realistic 3D. <laughs> please no. Please, please no. This is... Look, Disney's been leading up to it. Disney's bringing racism back. I think my air condition <laughs> cut out when you finished that sentence. Disney has a vision board, and it's, it's all started in 1992, and they're like, okay, this is where we're starting. End goal, 2030, we bring racism back. And then finally resurrect the frozen head of Mr. Walt and yeah. say... We did it. We, we did followed it. your instructions we, to the letter. We did it, sir. How did you know about Netflix? <laughs> you 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 died when Song of the South was shamed. People had people hated the songs of Uncle Remus, and and you had your head frozen, and you gave us one directive: wake me up when you bring racism back. Oh. These are good things about Disney that we're yeah. saying. Good, not legally actionable things. Right? These are parody jokes. These are parody. Transformative use. So earlier I said you can absolutely experience something that you haven't experienced yourself through the zeitgeist. And this this happened really, 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 really recently, my friend. With the weirdest dark horse of fast food, Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. Ooh, rat's dick chicken. Uh, they, they released a new fried chicken sandwich? God, fucking, even talking about this has me exhausted. A even, new... not even explaining the entire situation has me so Here's tired. Here's the context. Uh, some type of report came out and reported all of your favorite restaurants donated to a certain campaign. Included in that, surprising absolutely no one, was Chick-fil-A, who, who has a horrible history of funding programs that maybe they shouldn't fund, and shrugging quotes. We can we can talk about Chick-fil-A all day, and I will. Chick-fil-A is like the abusive boyfriend of, of fucking restaurants. People keep going... Why are people that are like otherwise socially conscious going to Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A is like the most openly discriminatory and bigoted massive fast food chain in American. People are like, but their chicken's good. Fuck off. Don't eat Chick-fil-A. The service it's is not amazing. Hard. They've revolutionized. Like there's always, I don't know why, it's always packed. Uh-huh. But you, you're in and out in five minutes. The food is food. Those are the two things. People are always like, ah, Chick-fil-A, the food is so good. All food's good. Make your own food. Don't, um, don't. It is not hard to not give money to people that give your money directly to bigots. Um, waffle fries? Uh, you can buy frozen waffle fries. Frozen? I don't understand the people who go to Chick-fil-A and call themselves good people. Sometimes it's all that's in the area. I I bet you a hundred dollars. I bet you a literal one hundred dollars that you can if you find there's, me there's one town, town that only has a Chick-fil-A and you can't go to anything else, and I'm gonna be generous, a ten mile radius, if there's not any other kind of fucking food in a ten mile radius of a Chick-fil-A anywhere on this goddamn earth, I will pay you a hundred dollars. 
I won't take you up on that bet because I know for a fact that this, there's no town unless the town is called Chick-fil-A Junction and like it's a Chick-fil-A in somebody's house. I'm just saying there's always alternatives. You're right. You're and there's alternatives right. that are open on Sundays. One of these alternatives is now Popeyes because apparently they have a fried chicken sandwich which gets why is it okay how did this how did this start how not like because multiple restaurants have fried chicken sandwiches uh-huh i want to say a lot of them do uh-huh ranging from like mcdonald's all the way to i, I want to say arby's might have a chicken sandwich it might not be fried Wait, does chicken. Waffle House have a chicken sandwich? Undoubtedly, I think they do. It's not that hard to fry a piece of goddamn chicken and put it on bread. So why in the world did Popeyes' new fried chicken sandwich, which I did not hear about until it was global news, national news, let's be honest, why is it being directly compared to Chick-fil-A sandwich? There was like a weird marketing campaign, I think... Either the marketing campaign started with Popeyes calling out all other places with chicken sandwiches, or the marketing campaign really took off when Chick-fil-A targeted the Popeyes sandwich and started, like, a fight. So now you have Popeyes, which I believe is a largely, like, politically not awful company. Uh, have they donated to Trump? I They are not in that weird report. Okay, if they're not in the weird report, they're better than Chick-fil-A. Uh, but it's now started this, like, crazy comparison thing where people, everyone's fighting over a stupid fucking chicken sandwich, which has, like, spun up this weird machine in America that we all have to keep feeding into every few years, where, like, one marketing campaign is successful, and then everyone's chewing off their left hand to eat another piece of cheap garbage. It always happens. So dumb. Well, I... To any fans listening, don't start chewing on your left hand yet, because apparently nationwide, Popeyes is out of their... They're completely out of their chicken sandwich. I don't know how that happens. Great, they ran out of pieces of chicken to fry, I guess. Or, you know, it's manufactured scarcity, and then you have a sweet a sweet marketing campaign that, like, drives up the popularity of the specific chicken sandwich, and then you manufacture scarcity, so when you run out, it's like, oh, this thing is so popular, the fucking chicken restaurant can't fry enough chicken for the stupid fucking sandwiches. You're really fired up about this. I, I thought we were just, gonna have a nice, lovely talk I, it's about so, Popeyes' new fried chicken sandwich. I just think it's dumb. I think it's very dumb. I really hate every piece of the conversation about this stupid chicken sandwich. Uh, it's fascinating, though, from a historical standpoint, what's happening. Uh, and I would not lie to you if I said that looking at that chicken sandwich, I can give you a couple really good things. It's on a brioche bun. Okay. No, nowhere else is it on a brioche bun. Sure. Marketing win right there. Does it, it is there's like a sauce? I guess. Does it have pickles? Probably. Here's the thing. A chicken sandwich would be a sad chicken sandwich without the option of, for pickles. You don't need pickles. Well, I mean... Can I put cheese on it? Sure, but chicken and cheese don't go together. Uh, quesadillas? Yeah, I guess. Uh, tacos? Chicken and cheese? Like, chicken and American cheese? Eh. Any type of cheese. Pepper Jack is really good with, with chicken. You know, why is anyone doing this when they could just go get a KFC Double Down? Why would anyone be making the choice? I don't think the KFC does the Double Down anymore. Oh, that's a shame. 
I when I still ate meat, I ate a double down. Never tried one. I always wanted to. Strange experience. I don't know if I want to do it again. I mean, yeah. I never did, but I never. I don't know if I would. I, like, I feel like you reach a certain age past twenty five, where like you see a double down and your heart seizes. Well, I mean, we can use this as an interesting test case because half of this podcast cannot eat this sandwich. Yeah. Firstly, have you eaten it? I have not because I didn't realize it was a thing. And by the time I realized it was a thing, a headline came out that said, that's it, folks. There's no more chicken sandwiches in the nation. Are you intending to eat this sandwich? I would want to give it a try, but I do have like a weird general anxiety thing. If it comes with pickles and I ask for no pickles, are the Popeye's people going to be like, are you serious? You want the, our sandwich, but without pickles? I think they'll open up their mouths and spray acid in your face. They might. Have you Have you ever been in a Popeye's? I have been in a Popeye's. Uh, Popeye's is wild. Is there a Popeye's in Austin? There are four. Okay. So just like every fast food restaurant in Austin, there's like two or three of them. Yeah. Uh, there's one that's like as far north as you can possibly get, and there are two that are way south of the river. <laughs> You are absolutely correct. That is typically the case. Yep. Uh, so you can go to that north one. Yeah, it's uh, actually just like uh, kind of like down the street from us. I mean, if you try it, review it on the podcast. Uh, and also never feel bad about ordering food at a fast food restaurant your way. No one there cares about their lives or yours. Oh, that's sad. I would hope they care about how well their chicken sandwich is doing nationwide have you seen all these pictures of popeyes workers like sitting on benches with their heads in their hands and like big long lines of people yelling at popeyes workers that they don't have the sandwich the funny okay here here's i grew up with popeyes i there there was one of the only restaurants in my town that wasn't mcdonald's but that was even years later like we had popeyes we had a, a chinese restaurant and that was it for the longest time uh-huh and growing up with Popeyes, the thing about this restaurant that, it, like, when they changed their slogan to Louisiana Fast, the entire state of Louisiana started laughing. I mean, Louisiana, by definition, is not fast. There is, yeah, there, one, yeah, exactly right. Like, it's not called the Big Go Fast. <laughs> New Orleans is called the Big Easy. Yeah. We walk slow because it's too fucking hot to walk fast. Like... Things go at their own pace. You go into Popeye's, you drop an order, maybe 20 minutes pass, maybe you get your food. The fact that they have a drive-thru for Popeye's, that's a joke in of itself. It's like a, it's like uh I don't even know if this is the case, but there was a long time where Domino's had drive-thrus, yeah. and you'd order a pizza, and you'd sit at the drive-thru for fucking 15 to 20 yeah. minutes while they cooked your goddamn pizza. <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, but- Popeye's exactly the same way. And it's just, it's just, it's how it is. That's just universally. There, there's never been a Popeyes that has been speedy or expedient with their food. And so for them to get really popular nationwide for this sandwich is like a further <laughs> cruel universal joke. Yeah. Because no one who works in a Popeyes is going to work any faster than they did before. In fact, based on how long, along the line is, they're going to work slower. Yeah. And that, that's not a slight on you as a customer. It's not a, a statement about their work ethic because it's just, it's a universal truth. Popeyes moves at the speed that it deems acceptable. And that's anywhere from snail's pace 
to turtle pace. I have always appreciated, so I will make this clear, it's like, uh, as has been documented on the podcast, I don't eat chicken. Uh, but... You don't eat any meat. I don't eat any meat. Uh, but the thing is, I think that as far as chicken restaurants go, like chain chicken restaurants, Popeye's is probably the most legit. They're the best. Like Popeye's tastes the best. Their quality of food is the highest. The like freshness of what they make is the best. Their biscuits are the best. Their sides, especially their like mashed potatoes and gravy, the best of any chicken restaurant. Like they knock it out of the park. Popeye's is there's not even a competition. Yeah. Like I loved chicken when I ate chicken. I ate Chick Fil A and KFC and everything. And Popeye's is like light years ahead of them. Popeyes is just good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that is what I'll say about Popeyes. Churches. <laughs> I have a strange relationship with churches. Never but, been in one. Uh, they cut their chicken weird. Uh, but the, the problem that I have with Popeyes, not the problem, what I respect about Popeyes is I always felt like the person taking my order at Popeyes in no way, shape, or form ever felt pressured to please me. Yeah. No one I've ever ordered food from at Popeye's seemed like it was their job to take food orders. It seemed like they were doing me a favor. It's kind of like, okay, so you walk into a Chick-fil-A today, and you're, you're there will be 12 people on the floor all saying, my pleasure, and bending over backwards to make sure that your experience is good. Popeyes is the antithesis of that. You walk in immediately, the door shines or whatever, you're met with glares. Yes, you are not met with welcome to Popeyes. Why are you here? Yeah. It's like, and the thing is, like, we know we have the best chicken. We know it's good. We eat it. We understand. But why? Yeah. Why are you here at lunchtime of all times? You've got to be the best. You've got to be the best if that's your... Get in line, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If you really want the chicken. Yeah. There's... You order something, they're like, are you going to say mild or spicy or are you going to make me say it? Yeah. It's oh. like, know what you want before you get to the register. Oh, uh, when I would order at Popeye's, I would order things and forget to say mild or spicy. It was always spicy. Uh, but I would forget to say mild or spicy, and I would order my food, and they would look at me with just hatred. And they would not say mild or spicy. They would wait, knowing that if they stared angrily at me long enough, I would remember that I was supposed to say spicy. And then they would do it. It's like, you know what you want. Just don't make us do the fucking Subway thing. Bread? Yeah. Welcome to Subway. Bread. You want Bread? We don't do that. You want chicken, you tell us exactly what you want, and we'll get it to you when we get around to it. There are incredible, really incredible Twitter stories of people who have not been to a Popeye's, who are typically Chick-fil-A people. Yeah. You know the type. Yeah. You're Amberlins of the world. I don't know who that is, but yeah. Uh, your your people, you know, your your Christian girl Autumns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your Christian girl Autumns. Uh... And there are these people who are going to Popeye's and they are experiencing the uh, Popeye's difference. And they're making Twitter threads about how people treat them so rudely and unfairly. There was this one about a lady who went to a Popeye's and she was like, can I get this sandwich? No, she didn't even ask. She walked up and as had happened to four people in front of her, they said, we don't have the sandwiches. 
That person left. We don't have the sandwiches. That person left. She got to the counter. They said, we don't have the sandwiches. And she was like, how do you know I was going to order the sandwich? I might have ordered something else. And then they... Didn't order anything else. And then they didn't order anything else. But the the people at Popeye's were like, well, do you want the sandwich? She said, yeah. And they said, we don't have the sandwich. Uh, and she was like, I can't believe they were this rude to me. They must be really overworked. I'm like, no, no. That's how they always are. And, and like, we're not, we're, in no way are we saying that's a problem. I think, I applaud them in this day and age where everyone's like, the customer's always right. At least one fast food place is like, nah, the customer's the customer. If they want their chicken, they'll stick around. Yeah, there, there's something special in the Popeye's corporate training because I, a lot of this can seem like I'm making fun of Popeye's or saying it's a bad place to go. Popeye's is great. Uh, yeah. It, your food takes forever. They're rude to you, but it's also just kind of part of the deal. It's just how it is. Like, honestly, it, it's the New Orleans way where you go over to your neighbor's house with the express purpose of, like, asking for a favor. That entire process will take you an hour plus because yes. it's, hey, how you're, how are you doing? How's your family? How's this person? How's that person? What's the latest news on this? Sipping lemonade. It's too hot to just ask for the favor. You get to like an hour plus and you're like, oh, by the way, as though you're just remembering for the first time, can I borrow your weed eater? And the guy, you know, whoever's like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Let me go get it for you right now. That takes an hour. Well, no, I mean, I mean the, the thing is, it's like, there's a pleasantry. There's yeah. a rapport you build. And Popeyes is kind of like, I'm not saying that's what they want you to do, but that, Walking in and saying, I want this is just not something that happens much in the, in Louisiana <laughs> yeah. or the South. I, I have seen an occurrence in a Popeyes a few times where someone will walk in off the street and then like shake hands with someone behind the counter and then just get given chicken. I'm like, oh, that person comes here a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they, they know what's up. Uh, but. Man, I don't know. Popeyes is great. Fuck all those people who think they're rude. So I'm going to try to maybe try this sandwich. I don't know. I feel like, as far as representation goes, for my people, uh, Burger King did the Impossible Whopper and KFC, with the help of Beyond Meat, is having, uh, they're making Beyond Meat chicken. Yeah, so that's a really neat thing to see. More fast food franchises embracing really just the untapped market that yeah. is vegan food or vegetarian food. Like the more of the population that becomes vegan or vegetarian, the more pressure gets put on these fast food restaurants to be like, Hey, we're Burger King. We make chicken fries or whatever. And we can't beat McDonald's no matter what we do. But McDonald's isn't doing anything for these, this, this untapped part of the population. Oh, I love it. I lo oh, the Impossible Whopper is so good. Oh, is oh, it good? Oh, it's real good. Oh. It's real good. Okay. I, I'm a fake meat connoisseur, and I think that uh, Impossible Whopper, way up there. That's great. So good. So you get a double Impossible Whopper, no mayo. And I bet you there's no line out the door for the Burger King Impossible Whopper. So if you can't get your hands on Popeye's Chicken Sandwich, drive next door, go to Burger King, get that Impossible Whopper. For what it's worth, when I went to Burger King to order the Impossible Whopper, every single person in line, and it was a long line, every single person ordered the Impossible Whopper. Never mind, yeah. I'm a charlatan and a fool. But you know what? They're fast and they're not out. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, anyway, that's enough food talk. 
No, it isn't, John. God damn it. It's coming in very, very hot. Hot off the presses as of I don't know how many hours ago. Wait, hold on. How long has it been since we gave a Leslie Jones news? It hasn't been an hour. Okay, good. Good. Sorry, I just I just coming wanted... right off right off the, the, the pizza rolling oven. Right off that pizza rolling oven news. Do you remember a little problematic pizza joint, a little national chain pop problematic pizza joint? Known as Papa John's? Oh, you mean Papa uses the N-word John's? Yeah, Papa, your time has passed, John's. The world is different now, Mr. John, Papa. (laughs) Mr. John, Papa. So, you you remember, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. John Schnatter. Oh, look at you with the knowledge. (laughs) He, he was ousted as CEO and then, like, ousted from the board after that. Good. And so Papa John's has been a ship without a captain at the helm for so many months. But don't worry, John, because they they sniped, they poached the Arby's head to Ooh, be their yikes. CEO. Wait. <laughs> so what's going to happen to Papa John's? Uh, they're going to get a really weird Twitter. Uh, number one. When did, wait, so he's an ex, did they, did they poach him from Arby's and he left his position? Or was he free floating? Has this man been disgraced by Arby's? I think they literally poached him from Arby's. Ooh, that's a big one. You know, if I was on the Arby's ship, I'd, I'd jump too. There's only so much you can do with horsey sauce. Apparently, oh, apparently this news sent shares of the world's third largest pizza chain up nearly 10%. Ooh. Now, I thought I thought journalists were taught not to do, like, weird, vague writing. <laughs> the world's third largest pizza chain? Am I supposed to infer using my dinosaur brain that that's Papa John's? I mean, I think that the reason they do that is to, I don't know, I guess... If I were to imagine someone reading that, uh, something, so Papa John's, something, RBC CEO, this sent shares of the third largest pizza chain up by 10%. Uh, it would be weird to say Papa John's the, again, I guess. This is, there's a weird wordplay happening thing that I don't like. What's the guy's name who was ousted as CEO? John Schnatter. And he was racist? Uh, okay, can we talk about the circumstances under which... I mean, I, I know he was racist. I'm asking to set up a joke. He said the N-word during a board meeting, yes. Yeah, so now he's been replaced by a guy named Rob Lynch. Ooh. I feel like they would might have oh. avoided the guy whose last name is Lynch. The real John Bowser situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, can we talk about John Schnatter for one moment? Uh, how he created a pizza empire that then threw him out because he was a racist piece of shit? He said the N-word in a board meeting. His defense was that he was pressured into it. By whom? What I imagine, someone who, like, called into the board meeting. Was there someone in the board meeting who said, Hey, hey, Papa John, say the N-word. He said, no, I won't. And they went... Come on. Come on. And he was like, okay. N-word. Yeah. What a, what a creep. But then when he was relegated to the board and, uh, they, they had like a racial sensitivity training, you know, for the board members and everyone's probably like darting their eyes toward him. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're like, hey, listen, we all have to be here. We're not going to blame anyone for why we're having this racial sensitive, but everyone has to be here. And he's just like sitting there, like wringing his hands. But even then, like during that training, he made a, like a racial joke. Oh, no. And that's why he was ousted from the board because, like, clearly you don't get it. Yeah. This is about you and no one else here. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to imagine it was during the introduction to the racial sensitivity training because they were like, we need to learn that we we want to respect all people of all races, creeds and colors. And we want to be we want to have a certain sensitivity to the issue of race. And then John Schnatter raised his head and they <laughs> pointed out and he said, even the eye ties. <laughs> Even those Pescagrecians? And they were like, why did you use a slang word for Italians from the 1920s? <laughs> Alright, yeah. And then you got kicked out. You got kicked out. Anyway. That's my fast food news, fast food news. segment that has now taken up <laughs> over half of the podcast. Sorry for getting so heated about that spicy chicken sandwich. Look, if you want to get heated, do I have the movie for you? This is a segue. Fuck everything about comedy if i were to pitch to you a movie about a snack food what snack food would you think i would pitch um kinder egg wrong can i get another guess if i were to tell you that ava longoria was attached to a movie about a snack food which snack food would i be talking about um let's see Ooh. Charleston Chew? Ooh. No. No. Wait, is it a sweet or is it a savory? It's it's a savory. Ooh, give me one more hint. All right. So this is not like the main brand of the snack food. It's a twist. It's an off brand. And it's like a chip variety. Oh, I gotcha. Ranch corn nuts. No. Fuck. Yeah, Ava Longoria is attached to direct... Hold on, and this is how the media reported the, the... This is what all the headlines read. Ava Longorian to direct Flaming Hot Cheetos movie. Wait, what? Ava Longoria to direct Flaming Hot Cheetos movie. What is Ava Longoria directed? Eh, shrug. Shrug, shrug. I don't know. How's she directed? Was she the... She's the one from, like, those those movies... She's, she was like a Crypt Keeper type, right? Who would introduce movies on like a spooky hour? I don't know that that's true. Is that Ava Longoria? I think you're thinking of Elvira. I am thinking 150% of Elvira. You are absolutely right. Who's Ava Longoria if she's not the the, the lady who would introduce spooky movies? Uh, she's on Desperate Housewives. Oh. She's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, who is she in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I think, uh, I, I think maybe the main character likes Ava Longoria and she should, I don't know, dude. No, the main character's, uh, married to Amy... Santiago, who's played by not Ava Longoria. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I don't know. Any... The main character isn't Jake Peralta, a.k.a. Andy Samberg? Yeah. No, I don't think that... I think you're wrong. So she was a producer on John Wick. Oh, that's pretty neat. Uh, she was uh, in... What is... I don't know any of these movies. She was in The Sentinel, 
Dog Days, Overboard. We, we don't care what she's been in. She's directing this movie. I do not see any director credits. Oh, so this is her debut. No, wait. Out of the Blue. Director. Out of, is Act, that... An action short. Oh, I was thinking of uh, Deep Blue, the shark movie. Oh, Deep Blue Sea? Maybe. The my one hat... Samuel Sharkton? In my head is like a shark's fin. Uh, yeah, I don't see a... What is this Flaming Hot Cheetos movie about? If you had to guess what the Flaming Hot Cheetos movie is about, what would you think? Sinking of the Lusitania. <laughs> Is that not accurate? <laughs> no. Okay. That's a good guess. Okay. For do, a I different... another, do I have another guess? Yeah, one more guess. Uh, the building of the Manchurian Railroad. Manchurian candidate? No, the the railroad in Manchuria, the one that Japan built. No. Though I guess it's not cool to call it Manchuria now. Oh, is it not? I think Manchuria was like a name that was created to give it legitimacy, even though it was like land that was taken from an indigenous people. Oh, from the Manchu people. What's the Manchurian candidate? It's a movie about a guy who has a trigger word and then he kills politicians. Oh. I think so. What's it about? What about the movie? So here's the story of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. For those of you who do not know, a long-standing, long-employed janitor of the Cheetos company took home a batch of unflavored Cheetos. There was like a, a bad batch, like a non-cheese-puffed, a non-cheesy-powdered flavored batch, and they were just going to throw it out, so he took it home. And he had the, he had the idea, what if I, what if I covered, uh, flavor, what if I covered these unflavored Cheetos with chili powder? Uh-huh. And, uh, they were really good. So then he, he of course packed his own lunch and brought them to work, and, and people around him were like, what the fuck are you eating? And he was like, oh, I took some Cheetos and I sprinkled some chili powder on them and I, I, they're really good. And he single-handedly invented Flaming Hot Cheetos. It became a national product line. Was he given millions of dollars? I believe he was. Good. I think this is his biopic. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Don't know how you'd make that into like a full movie. Yeah. Let's give our, let's give our dream, let's do a dream cast. For the janitor, for the talking Cheeto friend who guides him on his mystical journey. For all the characters. Number one, I'm thinking janitor, maybe like a Peter Stormare. What about like a, a Michael Pena? A who? I don't know if I said his name right. Wait, what's he in? Uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, that'd be okay. No, actually, that, that'd be is great. Is that his name, Michael Pena? Sure. I have no idea. I don't know what his actor name is. I don't know what his character's name is either. It's that, Yeah, it's Michael Pena. Uh, let's see, Janitor... This guy. Yeah, he'd be great. Right? Let's see, Janitor, uh, Lance Henriksen from Millennium. Okay, um, so do you want to go mainstream or, like, television famous, elevated to weird biopic for Fox Searchlight Pictures? Uh, really whatever direction you want to go in. Oh, okay. I'm thinking, like, a Werner Herzog. I'm pretty sure he's tied up with something. He's directing... Epi or like he's helping out with episodes of The Mandalorian. He is. So he's, he's tied up. He's doing a Star War. Okay, uh, so Werner so Herzog's out. Mm. I'm thinking like... Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes is the janitor or the Cheeto? 
The Cheeto. Yeah, he's got Pete the, Holmes says the Cheeto. Yeah, I I can't argue with this. I think Pete Holmes would make an incredible magical Cheeto. A great magical Cheeto. What's who up? are the other characters in this biopic? There's the janitor. There's Ava Longoria. Uh, <laughs> she's a director. She's directing it, but her character in the movie is not played by her. Oh, obviously, <laughs> she wrote herself, not herself, as in as a part. She wrote she wrote her identity into, into the movie, and it's going to be played by, of course, Ava Mendez. What well, is Elvira still alive? <laughs> I don't recall. I hope so. Uh, young me very much hopes that Elvira is still alive. I, I don't think, know anything about Elvira. Do you know who Javier Bardem is? <laughs> I think he'd make a really good janitor or a really good Ava Longoria. Have you perhaps heard a famous actor, Javier Bardem? Yeah. He was in Skyfall. Maybe was, you saw it. A small he, flick. It was a, it was a small flick directed by, I believe, James Bond. He was in uh, No Country for Old Men. Maybe you saw it. He'd make a pretty good janitor. Okay. Yeah. Basically, I this want... Is the, for, this is the dumbest movie to cast. For the janitor, I want a craggy-faced person who speaks English like they have a sock in their throat. Ah. And I want it to be a psychological horror movie starring Pete Holmes <laughs> as a magical Cheeto. You better put those chili flakes on on Pete Holmes. And it's basically Donnie Darko, but with... Cheetos. Yeah. Chani Cheeto. Chani Cheeto. So is the is the message at the end of it, it would have been better if the janitor died? I hope not. Just like the end of uh, Donnie Darko. It's like a wonderful life in reverse. Is that what Donnie Darko's about? I thought Donnie Darko was about augmented reality games. No. Those didn't exist when Donnie Darko came out. No, they did. No. There's a whole website that ties into Donnie Darko that was made by the the, the creator of the, the movie. Look, the creator of the movie, I don't even know who that is. Shmami Shmarko. And I'm pretty sure when Donnie Darko came out, there wasn't an internet. There was an internet. There was absolutely an internet. I don't know about it. Oh my god. I don't know of it. Uh, yeah, that movie sounds pretty good. I'll see it and give it an Oscar. Oh, oh, beep, 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 It's time. Oh, God. Oh, it's time. Oh, Jesus, God. I think we're like maybe close to an hour. It's time. It's time for new Leslie news. Your Leslie Jones news update. Breaking story. Wait, can I throw it to you? Yeah, sure. Through the Chiron? Yeah. Okay, so graphics. These are the graphics. <laughs> they come with some, some 4D effects. And now this is going to be the camera doing a, not a pan, but like a rotate to you at the news desk. Are you ready? Yep. Uh, breaking news, Leslie Jones to host Supermarket Sweep Reboot for post-Saturday Night Live TV gig. So she's out at Saturday Night Live in for Super Sweet Market. <laughs> Supermarket Sweep? Do you, this was a this was a, a game show. This was a game show from before when I was born. Yeah, it was or, a game show from like the 70s, 80s. Yeah. Where contestants would race through a supermarket... And try to get the most expensive bill at the end. So, uh... You gotta go for those steaks. Those uncooked you gotta, steaks. You gotta go for the steaks. Now, let's, uh, let's cast this. I'm thinking Leslie <laughs> Jones is Javier Bardem. 
And Leslie the shopping Jones, cart is Pete Holmes. Leslie Jones, by the way, plays the character of Javier Bar- Bardem. And Pete Holmes is is actually doing the mocap for all of the shopping <laughs> he carts. Is. I don't know how I feel about this. What about? Supermarket sweeps? Oh, why? Because why? I despise game shows, particularly ones that glorify consumerism. I don't like ones that make the thing that normal people do every day into, like, this big game. Like, oh, you're going home with $5,000 because you know how to shop for food. I feel like, uh... I feel like Supermarket Sweeps is one of those 70s ideas that was really successful because people at home were just blackout drunk all the time trying to raise children they didn't love. So, like... It, just whatever was on the TV was okay. Yep. What do you think the prize for 2020 supermarket sweeps is? Pay off one fifteenth of your student loan debt? No, you get to keep the food. Oh, not, yeah, that'd be great. It's like a weird Hunger Games thing where, I mean, eventually, shit's going to get real. We're not going to be able to afford food. But if you can go on supermarket sweep... Leslie Jones might just let you keep that ham. It's going to be a real interesting thing, though, because what's supermarket? Whole Foods... If it's Whole Foods, you gotta go for the pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I, here's a joke that only no one will get. It's gonna be a Schwegmans. Ooh, a Schwegmans. What's a Schwegmans? Yeah, no one will get that. Uh, it's a Publix. Uh, Schwegmans, for those of you who do not know, was a local grocery store in New Orleans oh. that closed before <laughs> I was born. So it is a Schwegman's. It's a Pe- Schwegman's. People will be filling carts full of dusty containers the f- of Tony Saturates. Yes, the, fo- the food has not been replaced since it's closed. <laughs> yes. And the real challenge is get out without getting sick. I on- I honestly feel like the, the thing about supermarkets is they're all different now. Yeah, there are. So... I, I it's going to be grab all the avocados you can because avocados are really expensive. Oh, no. Avoc- no, dude. Go right. mangoes, dragon fruit. Dragon fruit dragon is fruit. a mythical fruit. It doesn't like $5 exist. per pound. I just ate some dragon fruit. Oh, do you burp fire? No, but the skin is poisonous, which is a lie. Uh, oh, it's like how peach pits are poisonous. What if it was like an H-E-B? It would only be in Texas. Yeah. I think I think like the original supermarket sweep, it's going to be a fake. Yeah, most likely a fake supermarket with fake food. But then you could make them fake prices. That's kind of what they do to throw you off. Oh boy, go for the pharmaceuticals. Also, avoid the 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 weird temple guardians. Yes, and, oh, and dude. the dairy aisle. Look, I know that we're all. Fiending for nostalgia, but we just need to create a game show that is a combination of all game shows that we love. Legends of the Hidden Temple, Guts, Supermarket Sweeps, uh, Jeopardy. American Gladiators? American Gladiators. Or was that what Guts was? Guts was American Gladiators for kids. I always, I mix up Guts and Double Dare, so instead of saying American Gladiator, Double Dare. Double Dare for sure. Physical challenge. I'll take the physical challenge. Your your physical challenge is the Astro (laughs) Crag. Yes. Your physical challenge is you have to collect stakes while climbing the aggro crag. There is mist and rocks and stakes. And beware the temple guardians. Yes. Well, you, they will throw hams at you. Well, you're stuffing your mouth with stakes. Temple guards will harass you and stab you in the side with spears. 
You watch out for the blue barracudas. <laughs> oh no, there is a group of children who are also trying to climb the aggro crag with a different objective who will stop you at every turn. Oh, I'd watch it. Okay, you're going up the aggro crag. <laughs> They're coming down. <laughs> you're, you're going up. But may God have mercy on your soul because the silver serpents are coming down. <laughs> and they all have poison tipped spears. <laughs> yeah. This is life or death. This is supermarket sweet. <laughs> and then you get to the top of the aggro crag and then they play like the supermarket sweeps jingle and then you get slimed. <laughs> And that's your prize. That's your prize. You are covered in stab wounds with a mouthful of raw steak. You've killed two children. And then you get slimed. And then cut to black. Cut to black. No credits. No credits. It's just over. (laughs) It just fades into another goddamn episode of NCIS. Yes. Oh, man. That would be great. I'd love it. That'd be... Yeah. This is the future of television. I mean, look. Network executives, hire us. We will steal property from other properties blatantly and with no regard to the law. We will call it transformative use, which does stand up in a court of law sometimes. Unless it's music. Unless it's music. I, the most important thing is hire us because we've, we have a proven track record of we will take your franchises to hell. Literally and figuratively. Yes, all roads lead to hell and that sometimes includes developmental hell. As we fight legal battles because we refuse to not call them silver serpents. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know that uh, you do have the rights to supermarket sweeps, and that's absolutely what it's called. But at the beginning of every episode of Supermarket Sweeps, uh, we sing the entirety of, of one of a number one billboard song of the week. Yeah. We sing the entirety of it uh, using the melody, and it's over it. Uh, also, we call them Silver Serpents, Agrocrag. Uh, there's also a billboard in the background that is just the Nickelodeon logo. <laughs> and uh, every week there's more and more graffiti on it. Yeah. Transformative. It's transformative it's trans- use. It's transformative use. I dare you to look at what we've created and tell us we have not transformed something. We have transformed... Everything except for the name Silver Serpents. <laughs> Silver Serpents. Which we will 150% not budge on. If you, if you, oh, you walk. Silver Snakes, I swear to God, if you try to push that we should change the name of the Silver Serpents one more time, I'm gonna kill you and myself. And then we'll walk. Then we'll walk. And then where will you be without the two greatest game show creators? <laughs> Of our time. Look, we're going to take our jackets, we're going to swing them around our shoulders, and we're going to walk right on through that door, knowing that we created art, and you, you little pissants, in your booth, what did you do? What have you made? Nothing. You don't even understand art. You don't get it. And we get it. And your television show will never be made. Okay? Yeah. Pay us money. take, Take that. Take that in an industry where thousands of people are waiting for their big chance to make a television show and we can be replaced like this. Yes. When we can be replaced in a minute, tell us where you'll be when you have some other eager person who's willing to not infringe on copyright, not hurt people who are involved with the show and make a waiver that they sign away their life and retirement accounts to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look... If you can find one person who will be like, yes, I will not 
have contestants kill children on live television. If you could find one person who says that, we'll walk away. But my my bet, my bet, the bet I'm making right now to you, Mr. Television Executive, that doesn't exist. It does not exist. And I'll tell you what, when we walk away, you're going to see one thing. You're going to see the back of our shirts, which is the Spider-Man logo with a swastika in it. <laughs> Later. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, it's transformative use. You can't get mad about it. <laughs> I feel like we're we're doing a weird pose law thing. You I can't get mad about it. I don't want a swastika and a Spider Man logo. Look, it's you can't get mad about it if it's I'm, art. I'm gonna get mad about the swastika <laughs> specifically. Fine, okay. I'll budge on the swastika. Good. I don't know what I'll replace it with, but I'll budge on the swastika. Replace it with like a kid getting stabbed. <laughs> yes. It is a photorealistic picture of a child being stabbed. Not just any picture. <laughs> it is a photorealistic picture of your kid network executive getting stabbed by us. Also, to be clear, the children who win the contest, their prizes, Not- the parents will get a shirt in their size printed of a picture of their child's face of agony when they got stabbed, and the child will get a shirt of a picture of the parent's face watching them get stabbed. Yeah, I feel like that's good. Yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would green light that. Yeah. Disney Plus. Nah, we can't, we can't shoot that high. DC Universe. Apparently Disney Plus, apparently nothing on Disney Plus will be ever, ever in the history of the entire streaming service. They've said this. And, you know, they won't change their minds. Apparently nothing will be rated R. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a shame. So our game show is right the fuck out. We could censor everything like Japanese porn. I guess we could. All violence with the, like, pixelation thing. Yeah, so you can't tell it's blood even though it's squirting (laughs) onto the camera. Yeah, exactly. And, like, we only have the one camera, so this is... There are now just pixelated blobs in every shot. It's also worth noting, this is a single camera sitcom. Yes. <laughs> slash game. Set, set in the 1950s, starring yeah. Scarlet Witch our, and... and our it? crime... Vision. Our crimes know no bounds because it's a single cam in that we have one person with a camera and we force them to film everything. Yeah. And you can hear us yelling at them. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we don't take it out because we feel like it makes the experience, and we don't, there's no tag outs, there's no substitutes, it's one cameraman. It's one guy, every episode is 24 hours long. Every episode, uh, we did not bring this up at the top of the pitch, every episode is a full day. (laughs) It's a lot of, it's a lot of footage, we cut none of it out, that way you don't have to pay the editor's guild, you know. Yeah. You know those fees. No, you don't want We're not any- paying for editors. We're not paying for employees. Have you met us? <laughs> the only employees are John and I and an intern who we give a camera. Yeah, we They're we, getting college credit. They're they're getting college credit, which is important. And you might ask really simple questions like how many episodes are in a season? Because they're twenty four hours long. How many could there be? Seven. There's a new season every week. A new season every week. <laughs> which means the show is constantly always happening. Look, when you book a as big a talent as Leslie Jones, you gotta make use of that talent. You, you got we have her for 50 seasons. That's almost a year. It is, it's almost a year. The upfront costs are high, but keep in mind, 
At the beginning of every episode, there's a five-minute unbroken shot of Leslie Jones sitting on a couch, unspeaking. Yeah. She does not speak because we do not want to pay the Screen Actors Guild. Exactly. We've talked about the fees. Instead, we want to run whatever the number one top Billboard song is. Without permission. Yes. The only sounds that you will hear... Uh, by the way, didn't mention this earlier, you will hear someone sing the entirety of whatever the number one Billboard song is, but also after that, the entire episode is silent, except us yelling at the guy (laughs) carrying the camera. That's why you can hear us so well. You can hear our voices, but nothing else. Yeah. I think this works. This is a good, this is a good show. This is a good show. And, uh, I, I, just to wrap this episode up with a nice little bow, uh, I have a screenshot here from someone who lives in a location. I I don't know the name of the location. This picture is captioned with the caption, They are filming Fast and Furious 9 (gasps) outside my window. What? What? And I have a picture here that I'm going to share with you. Wait, hold on. Let's break this picture down. Hold on, wait. There is a... There's like a bus? Your, arm, your eyes are immediately drawn to the armored snakey bus. There's an armored snakey bus. Uh, armored snakey bus. There's a camera rig car. That looks really, really cool. It looks, it looks reinforced, That the camera rig car. Yeah. And then parked in the background are a bunch of muscle cars. A bunch of muscle cars, including what looks like a Porsche 911. Uh, looks like maybe a rock kind of Jeep Wrangler thing. So, so here, uh, breaking news, zero credits exclusive. We wanna, you've heard it here first. There are cars and Fast and Furious 9. And yes, you might not have known. You, I find this interesting. There seem to be four different Dodge Challengers. Yeah, that maybe they're stunt cars. Yeah, one of those probably... I mean, they probably have two stunt cars. One camera car. Yeah. But I don't know what the last one would be. Uh, they might have like a rig car. There could be a replacement in case one of the cars gets damaged. That happens sometimes. And if they have like a yeah, because usually for like that's why they have two stunt cars. One of them might be a rig car, basically a car you hook up behind another car and then you shoot it while it gets essentially yeah, dragged yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of bicycles. I, I think those are just. Uh, I think those are gawkers. I think those are passerbys. I like to imagine there's go- this is going to be we've in the Fast and Furious universe we've watched cars fight every form of transportation except bicycles. Okay, it could be a bicycle gang. Which would be amazing, because it would just be someone on a bicycle getting annihilated by a Dodge Challenger. I'm so excited for that Snakey Bus. Snakey Bus, I feel like, is going to be a real big hit. There's also a normal bus, but I don't know if that's part of the filming. Because the normal bus also happens to be pulled up to a bus stop. Oh, (laughs) I don't know what's happening there. Probably, probably no. Probably filming? Uh, for the bus stop? Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? It could be a fake bus stop. Battle bus. Oh, what if the buses fight? It's fight, a bus. fight bus. That'd be amazing. Oh, I can't wait for Fast and Furious 9, colon, fight bus. <laughs> fight bus. We can only speculate what that's going to be about, but I'm looking, look. Fight bus IRL. I don't know when that movie comes out. 
But the whole world's gonna change when it do. Uh, and if the world doesn't change beforehand. And with that, peace. Fast and Furious news. I think that brings us to the end of... What? The... This episode? Oh, the end of this episode. Yes, this episode. And as you edit, that leaves me to bumble and fumble my way through... This week's social media plugs! Get them, killer. Music might be copyrighted as transformative use. Change the last note. (laughs) Fuck. I think that might still be the same note, but the word. Look, if you want to send us a cease and desist, well, that might be better for email. If you want to send us a shortened cease and desist, you can do so on twitter.com. At ZCPCWHJ. And that stands for John. Zeest, Sissist, Peace, Sissist, Weest, Hissist, Geest. I really wanted to make that word. <laughs> I really wanted to make that word. And if you have a longer cease and desist letter that you need to absolutely get to us, you can do so at gmail.com at zero. That's not on email. You can send us an email at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Send us your cease and desist. Send us your reast and resist. But don't send us your meat. I don't want meat. Gotta go for the steaks. I don't want meat. You want, you want meat? I don't want meat. I don't want meat. We are on Facebook. You can find us by searching zero credits podcast and the zero credits fake. You can, oh no, you can find us by searching Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. Uh, if you think we have anything to do with credit, as in credit card credit, don't contact us. This keeps happening. We have nothing to do with credit. I will not help you with your credit. And just don't stop. Please stop doing that. We are on Spotify. You can find us by searching zero credits, open parentheses, that's closed parentheses, and the podcast section of Spotify. (sighs) Spotify's good, I guess. I don't know. We're on iTunes, which is now called Apple Podcasts. If I was a dumb person who knew such things, you can find us. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And we'll read it on air and try not to spew. Because, I don't, there's a it rhymed. It rhymed. I'm so tired. I'm so tired, John. Uh, and if you're tired of hearing this, tell a friend. Tell a friend and pass on the curse. Word of the mouth is the only way you can survive. If you don't tell one other person, you get us. We, we, Stop. We follow you around in the shadows with knives and we'll stab you. No, we won't. That's a threat. That's a threat. That's a threat. We, look, bad things will have, shut up. I set up the premise that this was a curse. What good curses exist? Stop. <laughs> Tell two friends and they'll be infected and then we'll all be self-reflective. That's the social media plug. Sorry for the mini breakdown. I'm very tired. I'm very tired. I'm very tired. Guys, I am very tired.
tired. John has been giving me the wrap-up symbol signal the entirety of the social media plugs. He's, but he's smiling. He, I think he's happy. I think I'm making him happy. So I'm just going to keep talking. And that's it for me. This is actually the uh, keep going signal. Oh, my bad. I read it as wrap it up. Like, you know, wrap it up. You know, like, wrap it up is single finger. Oh, but this is like keep going? Yeah, this is keep oh, going. sorry. This my bad. I, that was a complete misread on my part. So we have a series of uh, hand signals. Like baseball. Like a baseball coach would. Uh, so, I, we can do a little peek inside the curtain, actually. Yeah, sure. So, we usually do a sign-off where we say bye... But now we can use our hand signals instead of a bye for this episode. So uh, enjoy this, listeners. Henry. And so when are you going to do the hand signals? Oh, sorry. Let me uh, let me do those again. But like really, when you start doing my hand signals, I get that you, you're doing your stretches. But like, when are the hand signals gonna start? Wait, let me try. Let me try one more time. <laughs> no, stop. So we don't say bye. Bye. That was a very dumb That's bit. a very dumb way to end the podcast. That was a very dumb way to end the podcast. That's going to be a very fun thing to... Oh, that's going to... That's really going to... You did it! That's really going to fuck up... You did it! Our... That's going to really fuck up our audio regular... What's the fucking word I'm looking for? Audio normalization.